0: This is the Stories from 1916 podcast. Using first-hand accounts and archive material, we tell the less well-known stories of ordinary men and women who did extraordinary things during Ireland's revolutionary period. Father Augustine was a colleague of Father Aloysius, who we covered in a podcast earlier this week. The two left statements of their experiences during Easter week, and while they largely experienced the same thing, their accounts differ in style. Aloysius concentrates on the overall picture of the week, the surrender and subsequent executions, while Augustine writes in a much more personal style, detailing bits of action and conveying the tension in the situations he found himself in.
1: In the late hours of Sunday evening, I suspected there was something unusual afoot, and on Easter Sunday morning, I received an unsigned letter, handed in at the door, telling me not to hold any communication that might come from Owen MacNeil. On Monday, we were at dinner between 12 and 12.35, when a brother who had been at the convent door rushed into the refectory, saying that a boy had been shot on Church Street, and that the volunteers were out.
0: With this, the capuchins of Church Street were dragged straight into the action.
1: I moved freely for the next few days, doing whatever I could in a spiritual way for the boys who had taken over Father Matthew Hall as a first aid post, from whence serious cases were removed to Richmond Hospital. On Tuesday or Wednesday morning I was near the church when a fine young volunteer approached me. He told me he had been married that morning but would like to go to a confession before taking up his post. He left his gun standing against the wall, made his confession in the nearest confessional and outside I bade him goodbye and gave him my blessing as he went off in the direction of North King Street. On Thursday after 3 p.m. as far as my memory serves me, after having attended to some calls in the district, I felt a strange urge to go and see how things were going in the four courts. I went off alone down Church Street and having succeeded in getting by was hailed in by the boys with great delight. Some asked for a confession and I began work at once. While I was still hearing confessions, Limo Carroll came and told me that one of the volunteers was badly wounded. I hastened away with him, down to the yard, where he told me to bend as low as I could along the cemented path. We ran under the windows, which was covered by a sniper, until we came to a door to the opposite side. Now, father, be careful when crossing here. Better for us to go singly, as we will give the sniper less chance that way. He cleared it out a bound. Good man, I said, clearing the passage as quickly as I could. We mounted the stairs together and he showed me into a room where a poorly wounded volunteer lay with a sacred heart badge in his hand. The window had been badly barricaded with books and while crossing for something he was shot through the lung. He now lay on his back on the floor, his head held up by a brave coming-among girl. A few in the room knelt and I, lying on my side on the floor, anointed the brave man of 25 summers who a day or two later died a grand Catholic death in the Richmond hospital,
0: kissing his crucifix and murmuring prayers. Father Augustine placed himself in extremely dangerous situations throughout the week, although he felt he was being looked upon favourably and wouldn't come to harm.
1: Having heard some more confessions, I left about six o'clock, and having reached a barricade where Bow Lane intersects Church Street, I stopped for a few words with a volunteer who lay crouched beneath it. You're in danger, Father, he said at once to me, and I remember well answering, I know I am, but I want to get home. Realising that there is snipers about, I did not wish to go down the lane, as I would be exposed too long to the revision. I had scarcely left the barricade and come into view when a bullet hissed through the air. I flopped at once, got up quickly and ran to the near gate protected by the houses, entering the church immediately to say a prayer of thanks to the Lord for my escape. I wish here to state quite sincerely and candidly that during the whole week as I moved, I had no fear. I felt that I might be badly wounded, but that I would not be killed outright.
0: Fathers Aloysius and Augustine decided to take matters into their own hands as the week wore on. Believing the field hospital in Father Matthew Hall was in danger of being shelled, they attempted to meet with the British command. In doing so, they were sucked into the arrangements for the surrender, as Pierce had already issued an order to that effect, but word had not yet reached the other key garrisons. General Lowe placed his personal car at the priest's disposal, and they travelled around Dublin trying to get in touch with the volunteer leaders.
1: At the hour that had been arranged, General Lowe leaving his car advanced and MacDonagh and he met saluting each other in the usual military style. I could not help noticing the quiet, matter-of-fact salute of the former, for of the two, MacDonough was certainly the cooler man. On returning to Jacobs, MacDonough consulted his officers, and then addressed his men. He was evidently suffering a great strain, and still held up, and spoke bravely for a few minutes, telling the men, among other things, that the volunteers had fought a good fight, held out for one glorious week, and had achieved what they meant to accomplish. I listened with great sympathy and while I was wondering how he could speak so coolly under such circumstances, he used a word that my mind had conceived but my tongue had never uttered, surrender, and then he burst into tears.
0: The stress of the week was beginning to take its toll on Father Augustine.
1: Having hurried away from Church Street in the morning, after having only taken a cup of coffee and feeling sure to be back for in a short time for breakfast, I was now suffering from a severe headache. Telling a member of the coming she soon gave me a cup of tea and a biscuit, for which I was very grateful. I'm sorry I've forgotten her name, but I offer and bless her in my heart. We returned to the South Dublin Union, where Macdonough had made final arrangements, and walking back he spoke more than usual. Amongst other things, he pointed out to me the place where they had held a large volunteer recruiting meeting some time previously, and a little later the spot near St. Catherine's Church, where a scaffold was erected on which Robert Emmert was hanged.
0: I could almost feel his thoughts. A few days after the surrender, Father Augustine was back in action, visiting the volunteer prisoners in Richmond Barracks.
1: In another part of the grounds of the barracks is a fairly large building, opposite which is a little piece of grass. This sunny day, a few tired volunteers were resting on it, and one of these I recognised as Joseph Mary Plunkett. He was, I was told, awaiting his turn for court-martial. With his back turned towards us and his face towards the building, he was soon to enter. My heart went out to him. But I did not know then that I was to see him so soon again.
0: Over the coming week, Father Augustine and his fellow priests would be called upon to minister to the leaders of the Easter Rising, as one by one they were executed by firing squad. These events would have a lasting impression on the priests and cemented their place in the history books. For more on the Capuchins of Church Street, check out our previous episode on Father Aloysius and our special on the Church Street Friary. Many thanks to Derek Collins for reading Father Augustine's statement. I'm Own Cody.